God, we will let the high praises of you be in our mouth. And we will let the two-edged sword be in our hand on today. We thank you, Father God, that through our praises, Father God, through the praises that we give you, God, is showing our thanks towards you, God, and what you have already done in our lives. I bind every attack and every assignment the enemy has sent out against each and every one of us on today. I plead the blood of Jesus over us on today. And I thank you, God, that every hindering spirit can't stay in this place on today in Jesus' name. God, we thank you that our hearts are open and receptive to hear what you have to say unto your people on today. And I thank you that we have all been crucified with Christ and it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives on the inside of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor. God is still good outside of me. Let's say it again. Say, neighbor, God is still good outside of me. All right. Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. See, I'll get to that later. Hallelujah. I want you to open your Bibles. God has taken us somewhere else. We're going to go back to the Great Commission, but I'm just going to move as the Spirit of the Lord moves. Amen. Go with me to Psalms 109. Psalms 109, and I'm going to look at verse 22. Psalms 109, verse 22. God know what we're in the need of even before we ask. The word of God reads, Psalms 109, verse 22. This is David talking. He said, for I'm poor and needy, and my heart is wounded within me. Another translation says, I'm so broken, needy and hurting, hurting. My heart is pierced through, and I'm so wounded. You may be seated. I want to talk about a wounded soldier. A wounded soldier. Some of us are carrying wounds that go back through years. And some of those wounds have not been healed. So when other things pop up in our lives, then it goes back to that wound that has not been healed. When we look at David here, when we go back to Psalms 109, this is what David was saying. in the first verse, hold not thy peace, O God, of my praise. For the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are open against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. They have compassed me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. For my love, they are my adversaries, but I give myself unto prayer. And they have rewarded me evil for good and hatred for my love. See thou a wicked man over him and let Satan stand at his right hand. So what was going on with David? David was going through so much. David was being hated. And what we got to understand that we are going to be hated when we're standing for truth. Because Jesus said that if the world hated him, they're going to hate us. I'm paraphrasing it. So what we have to do, we have to continually stand just like David stood. But the thing that David did, he went to the Lord. He didn't go to anyone else. He went to God concerning his situation and concerning 
what was going on with his enemies. But it got so bad for David. Have you been in a place? Have you been so hurt that it gets so bad that that wound just its a fatal blow? It just pierced you through and through. Every which way you turn, that wound is wide open because of that hurt, because of that past hurt. But David was being honest with God. He was letting God know. He said, I'm so broken. That's what that um, poor and needy mean. I'm so broken, needy, and hurting. The first thing we got to recognize that I believe that some of us don't do, we try to hide our hurts. But God know where you're hurting. He know the things that have still hurt you, the, the things that have still wounded you. So David went to God. You got to be open and honest with God. You got to tell him, I'm broken. God, I'm hurting. God, I'm needy. I'm in the need of you, God. I am wounded. My heart is shattered. So when you look at a broken heart, David said, my heart is pierced through and I'm hurting. I'm wounded. So he was crying out to God. It is time for the people of God to begin to cry out to God and quit crying out to other people. God should be the first one that you go to because God already know your heart. God already know what you're going through. God already know what you already been through. So when we go to him, we're trusting him to heal our broken heart. God is the only one that can do this for us. He's the only one that can heal the broken heart. He's the only one that can bind up the wounds. And God began to show me this. He said, the body of Christ cannot do what I have commissioned them to do because of these past hurts, because of these wounds. We're on the battlefield, which the battlefield is in our mind, and we can't even get through the battle that we're going through because we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to come in and heal us right where we hurt. Until you're healed through and through, you're going to keep going backwards instead of going forward. You're not going to press forward to the mark of the high calling of Christ Jesus. You're going to keep stepping back. And the enemy knows this. The enemy know you cannot be whom God would have for you to be with these open wounds. So until you stop and say, God, deal with me. Deal with this open wound. Deal with what I'm going through. Most wounds come through. Broken relationships. And this is why our first relationship must be with God. The enemy don't want you to have a relationship with God. He don't want you to fellowship with God. Why? Because he wants you to nourish that wound. He wants you to nourish that that hurt. He wants you to depend on somebody else to fulfill you. Nobody can complete you but God. God is the only one that can complete you. And before a wound is healed, we're going on to another relationship, trying to get somebody to heal the broken relationship we had before. Because they're saying something the other person didn't say, or they're doing something the other person did not do. But the problem is that wound is not healed. So by that wound not being healed, they cannot even um, meet your expectations. They cannot even love you the way you need to be loved. Why? Because you got a wall up. So God is saying we are wounded soldiers in the body of Christ. And it's time for these wounds to be healed because when the word is going forth, we get so focused on hear me, see me, be attached to me. We get so focused on what somebody has done to us that we can't even focus on life that God has given unto us through his word. 
God has given us eternal life and he wants us to live an abundant life in him. Outside of how we feel, we have to know that God has already, already made a way through Jesus Christ to heal us. We have to let him heal us. We cannot depend on man to heal us. Man is not the healer. God is Jehovah Rapha. He said, I am the God who healeth thee. He's the only one that can heal you. No man or no woman. I don't care, care how they say I'm sorry sorry don't fix it all the time because deep down inside you're saying you're not sorry if you were sorry you wouldn't have done what you done we can't even accept them saying they're sorry even if it's a sincere apology because we done that wound has pierced us through and through so what we're doing we're waiting on them to hurt us again We're waiting on them to do what they've done before. Our eyes are wide open. Everything that they do, we're watching it now. We're waiting to be hurt. We're waiting to go back into that same situation. We keep our eye on that person because we say, you're not going to hurt me again. And it builds things up in us. Bitterness. When you're bitter, you cannot be better. And this is why people cannot be used in the body of Christ. Because God sees your heart. He see where your heart is. Even in spite of Jesus being despised. Even in spite of Jesus going through the shame. Even in spite of the hate that Jesus went through. His love, the love that he had for us, that's how he died. He died because of love. When we know the love of God, you can die to how you feel. You can die to your hurt. You can die through what you're going through because the more you build your relationship up in him, you're not thinking about what people done to you. You're thinking about how God brought you through even in spite of you. You're thinking about how much God love you and care about you. You're not making it about you. You're saying it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who live in me. I've been crucified with Christ. Yes, I hurt, but I'm not going to let this hurt dictate who I am now that I'm in Christ Jesus. The church is dying. And the reason why the church is dying because our minds are more on things of this world than it is on the things of God. We cannot move forward because when a soldier is wounded, when somebody say one thing that hits that wound, they don't want to do nothing no more. Come on, somebody. One little thing. You can say hello and the wound is open and they're wondering why. Why are you speaking to me? You ain't spoke to me before. Come on, because they got open wounds. They got open hurts in their lives. So they're taking that hurt and they're putting it on everybody else. So God said we have wounded soldiers in the body of Christ. You know, people that go into the military, the ones that has been in Vietnam and the ones that have been seeing dead bodies and seeing all of these things that have happened, they're wounded. Some of them have to go into therapy to get their mind right. But how many know the only way their mind can get right is through Jesus? You can get all the therapy you want. You can be around. As long as people are talking to you, you feel good. But when you get off to yourself, there it is again. But God is a God that he heals you right where you hurt. And God makes you whole again. But the wholeness is in him and it's in his word. It is not in nobody else. We have to get to the point that when we married Jesus, 
That means that when we say I do to Jesus, he's first and he's foremost in our lives. We can't put no one before we put him because we got to know he knows what's best for me. And at the end of the day, when we are hurting, we can go to him because we trust him. That's why the Bible said, trust him with all your heart. He want all y'all. It's a heart thing. That's what we've been teaching on the heart. Whatever, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. That's where you putting all your secret stuff. That's where you holding everything because your disappointments, your hurt, your everything is right there in your heart. And then it eventually it ends up coming out of your mouth because you haven't dealt with the hurt. Some of us don't want to deal with it. We just sweep it under the rug, smile in people's faces and act like it's okay. It ain't okay. And some people think they're dealing with it by not dealing with it. That's not okay because that's not how the word of God teach you. Some of us say, I'm going to pray about it. God tell you what to do. You already know what to do about it. So why are you praying about it? When you know what to do, you don't have to pray about it. Do anybody know what prayer is? Prayer is communing with God. It's communicating with God. So if I got an art with Kim, I don't have to pray about the art. I deal with the art I got with her and I don't sweep it up under the rug. That's not God's way of doing. That's why those wounds are still open. So whatever you don't deal with folk, it's going to deal with you. Because no matter who you sit around and you think they're okay, the enemy will use them to bring up something That pierces you even the more. The enemy will bring it up and you're thinking, why are you saying that to me? Why am I saying what? I'm just holding conversation. But you're so hurt by what they're saying, you're thinking somebody told you something. No, God is letting you know you still got an open wound. Now, I want you to deal with that wound. We're going into relationships too quick. Just because somebody's all nice to you don't mean it's good. Y'all better know. This is why God gave us the gifts of the spirit. And discerning of spirits is one. Everything that's good ain't good. Everything that look good ain't good. Everything that sound good ain't good. Everybody that's buying you lunch every day don't mean they're good. And then when they stop buying you the lunch, now you're mad. You you buy, you ain't buy, bought me no, oh, we're going to go there. Because until the body of Christ is healed from their hurt, you're going to keep going back to the same pattern. You're going to keep doing the same thing. Once you truly get over your hurt, you ain't looking for nobody to hurt you no more. Because you know God has accepted you. So it ain't about what people are going to do to me. I know what God has already done for me. So you ain't looking for that hurt no more because God has healed your hurt. And by God healing your hurt, you can help somebody get healed through their hurt. But until you're healed, come on, quit playing church. Quit acting like you're superwoman and superman. Because the only thing that's super in you is God. And until you let the super out, it ain't going to matter. We're closing God off. And we're more into our feelings than we are into God. We're more into what people say and how they say it than what the word has already said. 
So David knew. He knew how his enemies was treating him. And when you read Psalms 109, it's like David was crucifying these people. But he was crying out to God about it. He was letting God know truly how he felt about how these people was treating him. He was telling God what to do to these people. Why was David saying all of this? Because David already knew that the evil that they're bringing to me, it's already coming back to them. So David was only prophesying, but it sounded like he was saying, kill them dead. David already knew what you've done to me is already done unto you. Because that's what the word of God says. See, the more we get into relationship with God, we will know you reap what you sow. If you reap, if you sow in discord, you're going to reap some discord. If you sow an evil to somebody else's house, evil coming to your house. This is how it worked, y'all. Come on, when you're in the word of God, you know what to do and what not to do because you're not going outside of what God is telling you to do. So it's time to get healed of all of these wounds so we can do what he commissioned us to do. So we can go out and proclaim the good news, the gospel to the people of God. We can't do it until we say, God, I'm wounded. God, I need help. God already know you wounded. God already know you need help. But God knows I'm here to help you. He said, I'll never, ever leave you. Nor shall I forsake you. When we go back to looking at relationships, this is why you don't fall in love with everybody that you see or the first man that you see. Because we feel like that man or that woman can give us something that nobody else can. And we just fall for the first thing instead of falling for God first and foremost. Because when you're in love with God, God is not going to let you accept any or everybody. Everybody have an issue, y'all. There's not a person in this place that don't have an issue. And I'm going to say this. There's not a person in this place that don't have an anger issue. You say you don't, but you do. There's not a person in this place that say, I don't talk about nobody. You just lie. Repent. Because you done talked about it and you use the word to do it. That's manipulation. See, when you know what's behind people, you know where they're coming from. And that's when we begin to pray for them. We pray for people instead of developing a wound coming from the hurt that people have done. We're so hurt in the body of Christ that we use that for an excuse when we're going through dealing with something else. Well, I'm just hurt. I'm just hurt. And you got to get over that hurt and you got to allow the word to help you get over that hurt because people are dealing with your wounds, but it's time for them to be healed. Go to Psalms 55. This is David again. Listen at what David was saying in Psalms 55, 12 through 14. I love this. It's the expanded Bible. This is what we're talking about, about relationships, getting close to people and thinking that people will never hurt us. That's a lie from the pit of hell. I don't care who it is. A husband will bring hurt. A wife will bring hurt. Children will bring hurt. Come on, your boss will bring hurt. Your dog will even will bring you some hurt. Come on, somebody. Everything on this earth will hurt you, but it's how you deal with it. Psalms 55, 12 through 14, expanded Bible. Listen what David was saying. 
It was not an enemy insulting, scorning, reproaching me. I could stand and bear that. It was not someone who hated me, who insulted me. I could hide from him. But it is you, a person like me. My companion and a good friend. We had a good relationship, friendship, and walked together. Well, he said sweet fellowship together and walked together, he said, to God's temple. This is why it hurt David so bad. He said it wasn't the enemy. He said it was a friend. It was someone that was close to me. Let's talk about marriage, shall we? We fall so in love with our mates. First, we started dating them. We start dating them, they get to know us, we get to know them. And the more we get to know them, we feel comfortable, comfortable with them and we say, I can trust them. Because they will never, ever hurt me. They love me. They do so much for me. There's nothing that they will ever do to hurt me. Somebody said that's a lie from the pit of hell. And some of you are still believing that they intentionally don't want to hurt you, but they do. They may hurt you with saying something, a word, that brings hurt to you. And you're saying, I can believe somebody else would say that to me, but you, you know me better than that. How could you say that to me? Sometimes they're saying things to help you and not hurt you, but because you were already hurt before you got in that relationship, what they said, you're saying, that hurt me. They're saying, how can I say that simple thing to hurt you and there's nothing to it? You don't know how I feel. You don't know how I was hurt in that other relationship. So you don't know what I go through. I only ask you to put the broom back where it was. How is that hurt? Y'all, that's a deep wound, isn't it? By just saying, put the broom back in the other room. Oh, you think you better? You think you don't leave nothing out? Come on, somebody. I'm talking about simple stuff. You think you don't leave nothing out? Why are you always telling me to put a broom up? And they're looking at you like, what's wrong with you? A broom? Come on now. I get tired of you telling me what to do. My mom and daddy told me I I can put up a broom. And then the man get upset. Well, why don't you never put it up? That's what I'm talking about. You think you better. You put that broom up. Hurt. Because you never dealt with the hurt in the other relationship when you were never appreciated for sweeping the floor, for washing the dishes, or for doing what you always done. They never appreciated you. So just because he's telling you to put up the broom, now you're not appreciated because you ain't dealt with that hurt. You ain't dealt with that wound. And it goes further than the other relationship. It goes back to your childhood. It goes back to when mom and daddy praised this one more than they praised you. When they swept the floor, good job. But when you swept the floor, just go put the broom up. Come on, somebody. It goes way back. And you ain't dealt with it from your childhood. Because you saying, I was always the least in the family. They were always the one you always praised. They were always the one you already always talked about. When they got in trouble, you told me about their trouble. But you made me look like trouble. Come on, somebody. It's in the room. It goes back to childhood. 
It goes back to being raised by parents when parents don't know how to talk to their children and want their children to get over it and then pass them on to another man's house and they got trouble in that house because you didn't deal with the trouble in your house. Come on, somebody. You don't want to deal with it. You ain't dealing with your kids because your mother and daddy didn't deal with you. They just whooped your butt. You do what I say. No explanation. Come on, growing up, from what I hear, they would tear your behind up. Not understanding how the child felt. So that child getting passed on to somebody else's house. So they're comparing that house to the house they were in, and that's not how it should be. Lack of communication. Not taking the time when you seeing that child feeling rejected. When you seeing that child showing off, showing up all the time in trouble. Why is that child acting out like that? Rejection. And some of us get to the point, I ain't never rejected you. But in little ways, they felt rejected. Because they were the ones always You know how we do. You're never mounting to nothing. You're just like your daddy. Because you got something in your heart against their daddy. Now you're taking it out on your child because you never dealt with it. So you're putting it on the child. So the only thing the child knows is what you put on. Deep hurts. So now they're saved. Now they're trying to make things work in their lives. And they're saying, Lord, why do I always give up? Lord, why do I always feel left out? Go back through your childhood. Some of y'all may have been abandoned by your mother and father. Some of you may have been given up for adoption. Given away. That's a hurt that was never dealt with. So you build up some things in your heart. Against your mother, against your father, because they abandoned you. But yet they abandoned you, but they kept others. Why you got rid of me? When you get close to God, God will let you know. Because of the plan that I had for your life, you couldn't stay in that. Oh, y'all better understand what I'm saying. Because of what I had for you, when you get close to him, you can forgive your mother and father. Because you come to understand this is what I had for you. You couldn't be there to do what I would have for you to do. I had to put you in a place where I knew that you can get what you get so you can be raised up for the kingdom. Oh yeah, it was hard where I put you. But where I put you, I knew it was the best place for you. But we still hold those open wounds. Those open hurts, we hold it. And some of us try to play a card of putting our parents out there in front of people. Making them feel like they're nothing because of what they did. Because we couldn't express that to them the way we needed to. So we get in front of people and when we're holding conversation, we'll lash out against them because of what they've done. But I'm here to tell you, when God heal your heart, he will let you know why your mom and daddy the way they are. He'll let you know why they did what they did. And all of a sudden, sorrow will come in your heart for them instead of being against them. Because God will let that love flow. And I got a question for you. Even if they showed you love, 
just for a minute, you will turn that love back into hate. Because you're not healed. Until God healed you, no matter what a person does, it'll never be good enough. Until you're willing to be healed. If Jesus stepped down here on earth and was in your house, you'd still be cutting the fool. Until you say, I need to be healed. Like David. One thing about David, David was honest when he was inspired by these psalms. He was telling exactly how he felt, but he told God how he felt. He didn't go to other people and say, this one done this and that one done this and that one done that. He went to God and he poured out his heart. That's one thing God liked about David. He was a man after God's own heart. Even though he messed up, he still turned back to God. He was holding on to God. He was raising his son the way he needed to be raised through the word of God. He encouraged him with the word. Did he mess up? Yes. Do we mess up? Yes. But we get it right through the word of God. It's time out for us trying to make our kids look at us as something or someone great. You got to let them know where you come from. You got to let them know how you felt and how God healed you. Quit making your children feel like you never went through nothing. Let them know what you went through. Sometimes it is good to let things out and say, this is how I felt when I was growing up. You may not have recognized it because your mind was so much on you and what you was going through. You didn't know the pain and the hurt I had inside. You didn't know how I felt. You didn't know what I was going through. I went through it, but then I bought it to somebody else's house. We're bringing a lot to people's houses. And we want them to deal with it. They can't even deal with you. So it's time, y'all, to say, God, I'm wounded. God, I'm hurting. There was this man, a preacher. And this man was so angry before he became a minister. His wife done everything she could do to satisfy this man. He said his anger was so out there, it turned into rage. He said one day he just got so angry out of nowhere and he punched a hole into the refrigerator, just a dent in the refrigerator. He said the only thing his wife did, her parents or her um uh somebody in their family gave them the refrigerator. He said the only thing she did is uh, go out and find a big sunflower and put it on the refrigerator so they wouldn't see the dent he put in that refrigerator. He said the reason why he was so angry and so mad, because when he was growing up, people would pick on him. They would call him a wimp. They would say he would never amount to anything. They would beat on him. He said he kept all that anger inside because he was wounded by that hurt. He said so as it built up on the inside of him, He began to fight people and he never lost. He said because his anger turned into rage. He said but one day when he truly found Jesus, when he got tired of being the way that he was, God told him to read something. He didn't want to read it. He said he never cried. He made it his business. Don't you ever cry. Let nobody see you cry. He said he read this article and it was talking about the hurt, talking about the wound. He said he couldn't stop crying. 
He said that point, that's when God began to mend his heart. But he understood that his anger took him to another level, even in his marriage. So his wife could not even reach him because he did not allow that hurt to be healed. What am I saying? We got a lot of angry people because the anger that you had dealing with your parents, dealing with whoever else, you ain't dealt with it. If your parents meant said something to hurt you or if somebody else meant said something to hurt you and you have not allowed the word of God to heal you, you're going to be angry at everybody and they're wondering why you talking like that? Why are you looking like that? I just asked you a question. That's because you got open wounds and you're not allowing those wounds to be healed. So David, he wanted his wounds to be healed and he knew God was the only one that could heal that hurt. Think about it. If you're getting hurt over and over and over again. And you're not going into the word of God to deal with it. It's going to pop back up sooner than later. I don't care if you got the best husband or the best wife in the world. Those hurts, those wounds, those things that you're going through. You're going to take it out on the one that loves you the most. That's how it always works. You're going to make them feel like nothing. Why? Because you feel like nothing. You're going to make them feel like they're not appreciated because you never was appreciated. The more they try to love you, the more you hate on them. The more you try to make them look like they're nothing. Why? Because you're rejected. Let's talk about that rejection. The stronghold that happens when a person is hurt is rejection. When you feel rejected, when you feel like you've been rejected by your parents, now you've been rejected by a man or a woman, now you're doing things to be heard. You're saying, I want to be heard. Hear me. See me. Be attached to me. I want somebody to hear me. So by people not listening to you, you become angry. And then that anger turned into rage. We're going to go back to Saul. Y'all remember Saul, the people chose Saul. That's not who God wanted, but that's what the people wanted. So God gave them Saul. When God gave Saul an assignment, he said he wanted him to kill all the Amalekites. That's 1 Samuel 15, chapter 15. He wanted them to kill them off, all of them. Saul didn't do what God told him to do. By him not doing what God told him to do, God said, because you rejected my word, he said, I'm rejecting you as king. Now, see, God rejected him because he rejected him as being his God. He would not obey the word of God. Did you know when you don't obey God's word, you're rejecting him? You're saying he's not good enough. His word ain't good enough. And when you reject him, you open a door for evil. Did you not know that? Some of y'all saying, how's this stuff coming in my life? I go to church. I pay my tithes. You rejecting what God is telling you to do. Just like Saul. He rejected God. So God said, I rejected you as being king. So we know that he found a king, which was David, after his own heart. God already knew what David was going to do before David done it. God anointed him as being king. The moment he anointed David as being king, an evil spirit come upon Saul. Why did the evil spirit come upon Saul? Because when you're disobedient to God, you open the door to evil. When you don't obey what God is telling you to do, disobedience is evil. 
So when that evil spirit came upon him, they found David. David was the one that was playing for Saul. So the evil spirit would leave Saul. But then y'all know that he was in a battle with Goliath. We know how David came in and he um, killed Goliath. So Saul brought David back into his life as his armor bearer. But one thing that Saul got mad about, he was jealous. Remember now, Saul was already rejected. See, when you already rejected, you're going to have some anger in your life because you wasn't accepted. So Saul already had that there. So by them praising David, saying David has killed more than Saul has killed, he became angry, angry. He became, the rejection showed up, the anger showed up, the jealousy showed up. See all the evil that was showing up? Because it wasn't dealt with. So guess what he tried to do? When David would play for him, he tried to kill David. Why? Because it turned into rage. It was turning into murder because he wasn't dealing with what need to be dealt with. What am I saying? When you don't deal with your wounds, your anger turns into murder. I ain't never murdered nobody. Yes, you have with your mouth. Yes, you have. We murder people with our mouth. How do we do it? When we're angry, we say stuff. You are no good. You'll never be no good. I hope you die. You need to go back to your mom and daddy house. You don't need to be in my house. I shouldn't have married you anyway. You don't look good no more. You don't smell good no more. You just is nothing. That's murder. Because you taking your hurts and you putting it over on somebody else because you didn't deal with your hurts. But I'm going to tell you something. When you make a connection with Jehovah Shalom, he'll bring you peace like never before, even in the midst of a potty mouth. He will bring you so much peace even when they're cussing you, even when they don't want to look at you. You still see in yourself who you are in him because you've been with somebody that love you for you. So you ain't worrying about what they say or how they say it. It's not getting to you the way it used to because God has healed your broken heart. He has healed that heart that has been shattered into many pieces. How do I know concerning these things? Because I've been there. How have I been there? Through childhood, I've been there. Through working on a job, God done took me through it, y'all. And I always wonder, God, I never hurt nobody. I never done nothing to nobody. Why people hate me so much? So rejection came in. And when rejection came in, anger came in. Jealousy came in. I was a quiet person, but don't cross me. And I'm going to tell you how the anger come in. Me and my sister, my oldest sister, smart, y'all, smart. I was smart too, but I just refused to do anything. I was always the jokester. I always would cut jokes just to get attention because I wanted attention because I felt like all eyes was on her. So me and my sister used to fight all the time. All the time. She used to whoop my butt, y'all. Oh, thank God for Jesus and my daddy. Thank God. But anyway, we used to, you know, get into it all the time. But one day, everything that I was holding inside, y'all remember those little Coke bottles? They little Coke bottles. They about that tall. I had enough. Everything that was in me come out of me in my hand and I threw that Coke bottle and it was an inch away from her head. I realized then this ain't right. 
But I had jealousy in me concerning my sister. Because she was the one getting all the A's. She was the one that everybody was looking at. I seemed like nobody. Didn't know that then. But the more I connected with God, God said, I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you right where you hurt. And he healed me. And I love my sister. When she went off to college, I remember my senior book, it, it had up there, what was the worst moment of your life? I said, when my sister left and went to college. I loved her, but hate built up in me for her because I felt like I was rejected. Come on, y'all. Rejection is in every house. And we got to recognize what's in our house so it can be healed. You got to recognize these spirits that are before you so you can be healed. Sometimes we think if I just give somebody an encouraging word, it'll heal them. Uh Uh-uh. You got to rebuke that thing. (laughs) You got to get that thing out the house first. You can encourage them all you want, but you got to get to the root. If you don't get to the root of what's going on with them, come on, y'all. Don't get me wrong. It's a lot of ministries that, that encourage. But if they get to rebuking and bringing up what's there, then a person be able to deal with it and they can take the encouragement. You can encourage somebody, but then when they go home, they're dealing with the same thing. You got to let them know this is what's in your house. So let's get rid of what's in your house and let's take the word of God to keep it out of your house. When a person don't know what's going on with them, they think they're okay. I remember I was ministering to a person and the Lord was telling me to tell them what was going on. They said, that's not me. I said, okay, that's not you. I just cut it off because if you say that's not you, I'm telling you what God is saying. So what were they doing? They were rejecting God. I left them to themselves. Years later, they said, that was me. But why did it take that long? When God was sending somebody to heal you right where you hurt. See, the problem is, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. We talked about rejection. And how with rejection, y'all, when you haven't, when somebody has rejected you, anger comes in. Not only does anger come in, but insecurity come in. That means that you want people to notice you. You get so insecure, you know, Well, you spoke to Sonia. You spoke to Tiffany. Why didn't you speak to me? Insecurity. An insecure person want to be first and foremost. They want people to see me, hear me, be attached to me. That's part of rejection. When you insecure, you want all the attention, not just a little bit. As long as people are giving you attention, you're lovable. But when somebody leave you out of something, have you ever thought maybe it's not for you to be in it? Not because they don't like you. It's just this is not where God wants you to be. That's not your gift. That's not your call. So why are you all up in here? See, this is where people are so insecure because they feel like they're left out. No, these are the people that God has called to this. You can't be called to this because this is not where your anointing lies. We are one body. Yes, we are. We make up the body of Christ. Every joint supplies. But guess what? Ain't two hands on this one side. Is it? It'll look flicked, wouldn't it? It ain't two eyes on one side. Something's cross-sided, though. Straighten up your eye. God don't do things like that. 
He don't put two butts on one body. But they're doing it, y'all. They're putting two butts on one body, injecting them butts. God gave you one butt. Use that one. It's the truth. It's flicted. People are doing things. You know why people do that? Hear me, see me, be attached to me. Somewhere in their lives, they don't feel beautiful. Somewhere in their lives, they feel like they butt ain't big as that girl butt. My husband loves big butt, so I'm going to get me a big butt. Insecure. Come on, injecting boobs. Come on, why is people doing that? They want people to notice them and they ain't getting the real thing. You didn't know? Come on, y'all. Insecurity. When you're insecure, you go get things to make yourself feel secure. I don't have nothing against um, nails and getting your nails done, your eyelashes. Shoot, I wear some eyelashes sometime if I can put them on. But I have a hard time putting them on. Can't keep them on. But the point is, if I'm doing it for people to see me, I don't need to put them on. Anything that you're doing for people to notice you, you don't need to put it on. If you're doing it because you like it, that's different. But if you're doing it to get somebody to say, oh, Teresa, girl, you look good in that. Oh, girl, I know I look good in this. That's why I bought it. So Teresa's trying to keep that up. Because somebody told her she looked good in it. Can I tell y'all something? Everybody can't wear the same thing. Their bodies are shaped differently. You got to get your look for yourself. Don't get a look like somebody else got a look. Don't be trying to look like Barbara. See how pretty her hair is. You might put yours up, might not look like Barbara's. And somebody say, take it down, they don't fit your face. Now you're upset. Well, what about Barbara? You insecure. It's so much insecurity in the body of Christ that we're missing him because we're looking too much to us. Oh, I'm going somewhere. Manny got muscles. That's Manny muscle. Everybody can't get the muscle as quick as Manny can get the muscle. That might be how his body is made to get the muscle. You've been working out for a year and he got no muscle. Insecure. Man, he look good with them guns. Maybe you can't get guns. Oh, Lord. Isn't God good? Insecurity in the body of Christ. Everybody want what somebody got. That's because you insecure. It's because it's something that's missing in your life and you got to have it because somebody else had it. You never thought about it until you saw it, right? How many never thought about cereal when you're going in the grocery store until they have it in front of your eyes and say, buy one, get one free. Didn't never want the cereal, but all of a sudden I need it now and it's out of date. But you got cereal in your house. Come on, y'all. Insecurity. We got a lot of insecure saints. How do I know? Because you got to build them up to tear them down. <laughs> y'all didn't know? You build them up to a point and then you tear them right down. Because you're letting them know you too much on your high horse. You exalting you too much. 
It ain't about you. It's about him. And when you are in him, let me tell you something. You're going to reveal his glory. So if you have a hole in your pants, it's going to be glorified through Jesus. Because he ain't looking at the pants. Come on. It's his glory. And everything that we do, we're going to represent him well, y'all. We're not looking at what nobody else do. We're not trying to mock what everybody else do and then say, this is what God want me to do. Quit lying. Because whatever God do, it's going to be out of the norm. It's going to be something nobody else have done. It's going to be something that you didn't have to look at to say God gave it to you. No, God's going to show you him. He's going to show you his way of doing, his way of being. Why? So he can get the glory. Did y'all not know God can take something simple and make it extraordinary? God can put his super on natural and it'll be so extraordinary that you would be like, now that's God. That's just like God. Why? Because you ain't insecure no more. You ain't worrying about what nobody else say or how they say it. Because you know God to the point that you know God wouldn't let you down. That God wouldn't reject you. So the closer you get to God the more you're going to disconnect with others. But it's time for us to go way back, even in the womb, y'all. Do you know children are rejected in the womb? Some parents are saying, I'm just too fat. I wish I never got pregnant. I wish I just had awaited. My whole life stopped. You go everywhere. I go nowhere. I can't even roll over. This baby is killing me. I never had high blood pressure before I got pregnant. You don't know what I go through. You ain't got to carry this baby. I just have to press my way through. Kicking all the time. I just don't know. They got to give me something. Your baby is hearing you. Your baby is feeling unneeded and unwanted. I'd be glad when I let go of this load. And especially when people don't compliment you when you're pregnant. Oh, you look old. You look worn out. I'd be glad when you delivered that one. Parents telling you that. You just too fat. You do need to drop that load though. Sit down somewhere. Babies hear all that in the womb. Your insecurity has come from somewhere you got to go back some of us don't want to think about those things that made us insecure or those people that have rejected us but God show you those things so you can be healed in those areas so you won't hurt somebody else this is why before you get married you need counsel some people say the word accounts to you but God put people in the body of Christ That know about what you're going through because he tells them how to minister to you through what you're going through. He'll let you know it's not time for you to be married. You need to wait. God want to heal you right where you hurt before you marry that man, before you marry that woman. Oh, he loves me. He picked me out of all his women. All his women? 
Are you marrying him because you was picked out of all them women and you want them women to see you got? Do you know what you got? Mm. You didn't catch that? And he think he's casting over Romeo. He think he got it going on. Because he married you, he done you a favor. Now you got to live with that mess. Now you're trying to look up to him to make sure he see you the way you want to be seen. You got to keep on your makeup when you go to sleep. When you wake up, you got to get up before he get up and put some eyeliner under the eyes. You can't dress like grandmama no more. He won't love you. He wants some excitement. I know I'm preaching right. God knows. Wounded soldiers. You're so wounded, you can't even please God. You please him through what Jesus done, but you can't even do the work of the Lord because everybody gets on your nerves. I got one nerve left and Tony, you done got on it. If that ain't the funniest thing I ever heard, I can hear Tony Pastor. You got more than one nerve. All the people used them all. Now you used the last one. See, I can pick on Tony. But some people you pick on, like Willie. Willie don't take offense until it. See, a man thinks from the back here and it got to go to the front. So by the time it get to the front, it's days later. And then Willie will say, Pastor, did, what did you say to me? <laughs> he don't do that, y'all. Willie just let it ride. Why do Willie let it ride so much with me? Because he know me. He know I'm only going to say and do what's best for him. He know me. Now, he know me so well, if I don't say nothing else to Willie... Somebody said, Willie is a grown man. Willie should know. But Willie is up under God's authority, who, he, who God put him up under. So if he's up under the authority God put him up under, what I see, if I don't tell him, I'm not a good leader. If I don't tell him what I see, if I don't tell his wife what I see, if I don't tell Jennifer what I see, I'm not a good leader. I'm waiting on them to die. Some of y'all have watched people die and knew they were dying and won't say nothing because you're at home on your knees. It's your knees hurting. You're at home on your knees. Lord Jesus. Show Latoya. Please, Jesus, show us you wear me out with an attitude. Show that attitude, God. Then you start speaking in tongues. Oh, he hurt me. And then she continually have the worst attitude ever because she don't even know she got no attitude because it has become so much a part of Latoya, which she don't. It has become so much part of Latoya, it's normal. And y'all walking around Latoya. Y'all, I'm using her as an example. That's not Latoya. See, I have to say these things because some people go out and say, you're going to let her talk about you like that. Ain't nothing but the devil. So people walk around Latoya and they know how to pat her on the back and say, Oh, girl, you look good today. And in the back of your mind, I want to slap you. Girl, you wearing that thing in the back of your mind. You need to go home. You need to take that off for real. 
Some of y'all look at people look inflicted and what they got on and won't even go to them and tell them, baby, I love you enough to let you know that don't work for you. Yeah, I said it. Y'all look at people with jacked up clothes. Yeah, you do. And they ask you how they look. And you tell them they look good. You lying. But I love you. No, you don't. Love don't send nobody out that way when they asking you. What I look like sending Jolly Green John out with high waters on and say, go on, baby. You look good. He look like a Steve Urkel. I remember my baby. Let me tell you about my baby. He had these friends, y'all. Y'all know how we say they are friends. He was in the cousin mode friend. He think because they were his cousin, they were more of a friend. Nah. Anyway. Jeremy come up in there. He had on these skinny jeans. I said, boy, go, go take them back. They're not made for you, Jeremy. You, you just shape wrong. They're not made for you, baby. You, you know, you, you look good in what you look good at. Mama, this is the style. I said, but baby, it's not for you. He, he, he didn't listen to mom and daddy. Mm-mm. When my baby wore them skinny jeans, they laughed at my baby. That's what the enemy wanted. The enemy wanted him to be laughed at so he can experience rejection, so he can experience insecurity. But he was told the truth, but he didn't take the truth for the ones that loved him more. That's some of y'all in here. When you have a pastor that loves the Lord, and that pastor come to you and tell you, what God is saying, and you reject the word of that pastor, you don't reject the God. So now you got to go through your financial difficulty when you shouldn't have went through it in the first place when God told you to leave that where it's at. Now, let me tell you what happens with that. By not being obedient, you going through. God going to let you go through it. Why? Because he's raising you up in it so you won't go back where you went. But the only way you don't go back is if you stay in the good book. If you stay in the good book, you won't go through that thing again. Because you already know what the word is said about that thing. But the reason why we keep going through because we're coming, we're not in the word enough. When you're in the word enough, God's going to show you things and he's going to show you people. He's going to show you what they're about and what they're not about. I think my husband shared the testimony of in Bible study of how this man, you know, he did some work here at the church. And my husband was telling me, he come home, he said, he's a Christian. He's just a nice man. He said, he watched you on TV. I said, baby, everything that say, Lord, Lord, ain't about God. That's all I said. He found out that everything that say, Lord, Lord, my husband said, he come at me. He said, but I, I humbled myself. I, but God warned him. See, let me tell you something. I love y'all so much. I hope y'all know I love you. But sometimes y'all don't like me. You don't. I know you don't. But it don't bother me 
Why? Because I'm out to please him and not you. So whatever he tell me to do, that's what I'm going to do. Because with one go, one going to come. I don't count heads up in here. God brings whomever he want in the place. It's not for me to pick and choose and say, you stay, you go, you stay, you go, you stay. Oh, there you go. No, this is God's house. This is God's church. You're God's people. He just have you up under his leadership through me. So what we have to do, the more I connect with God, the more I can connect with you. The more I connect with God, the more I can see through you. <laughs> Y'all didn't know? Because God showed me your heart. God showed me when you're saying yes, but you're really saying no. God showed me when you act like you agreeing, but I can feel your rage and your anger through the phone. Oops. Answer the phone when I call you, okay? Oh, Lord, it's, it's pastor. I didn't say nothing. Yes, you did. She heard what we said. Why she calling that house? You the one said it. Hello? Get your story right. True that. Why? Because when you're in relationship with God, God lets you know how people feel, but he lets you know so you can love them even the more. So you won't get hurt. So you won't be in a situation where you can't help the ones that's wounded. Because you've been wounded before. Y'all, I've been wounded so much. It's a wonder if I'm still behind this pulpit. From family, from friends, from co-workers, from husband, from children. Wounds. Of course, you know, he probably been wounded from me. Hey, everybody got a wound. But God taught me how to deal with my wounds. That might be why Joe is laying down in his old age. He don't walk that road so much. Because I talk to Jesus when I'm walking my dog. God, don't you the only one can heal this. God, I ain't done nothing. But if I got to humble myself, God, that's what I'll do, God. God, you show me what to do. You show me how to do it. Lies here, lie there, lie everywhere. But God, I'm going to give you glory because you're the one that takes care of us. Come on, I had to let God heal my wounds. Did I get angry? Yes, but the Bible said be angry but sin not. So we can get angry, but don't sin in your anger. Do I get tired sometimes of people doing the same thing? Mm -hmm. It shouldn't take you 20 years. We need to leave the excuses alone. There's no excuse no more. Jesus made the way. We need to accept that way. So there's rejection. Under rejection, you got insecurity. You got anger. Then you got people that have pity parties that want you to feel sorry for them because they're in a situation. That's part of rejection too. I do what I do because... Some people cried out to get people to feel sorry for them because they want to be accepted. At the end of the day, I'm going to be honest with you. People that are not really in Jesus could care less about you. They just want to get in your business and talk about you. The very one you go into, they just want to talk about you and your business and tell your business everywhere. Instead of praying for you, they talking about you and saying, that's what you get. That's what you chose. 
deal with it. And then get on the phone. You know God is here for you and I'm here for you. And whatever you need, I'm going to be here for you. You want to go out for lunch? You're just going out to get more gossip. You ain't never asked him about lunch before. Why are you asking about lunch now? See, that's why people don't like me. Oh, now you want to eat with me. After 21 years, now you want to eat with me because you think I'm down and I ain't going to rise back up. But I got news for you. Keep your Big Mac. <laughs> I'm just playing. Because look, you, you showing them you know what they're doing. You showing them. It ain't about you feeding me. What you want to know? Just ask me. You don't have to feed me to get in my business. Just ask me. Some people don't know how to be nosy. (laughs) So we're talking about wounded soldiers. Y'all, it's a lot of people wounded in the body of Christ. And they act like nothing is wrong. You don't have to tell people your business. But you need to let God heal you where you hurt. And God can if we allow him to do it. When we look at Psalms 147.3, I went over this one. He healeth the broken in heart and bind up their wounds. Who does that? God does that. Now let me tell you how good God is. He sent Jesus and when Jesus stood up before the crowd in Luke 4.18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. The first thing that Jesus let the people know was it is because of the spirit of the Lord being upon me that I'm anointed to do what I do. I could not do it without the spirit of God being upon me. You have the Holy Spirit to help you in any area that you need help with. He's your comforter. He's your helper. He's your teacher. He's your judge. He's everything you need. And the only thing you got to do is say, Holy Spirit, I need help. I cannot get through this marriage by myself. I can't get through these children by myself. I can't get through this job by myself. I cannot do it without you. Holy Spirit, I am hurt. I need a comforter. I need for you to come in and comfort me. I need for the peace of God to rest upon me because I know what your job is. So I'm asking for your help. And it's coming from deep within my heart. My heart has been broken into a thousand of pieces. I don't even feel like if they told me to forgive them, I could do it right now. I'm not in the frame of mind. I'm not in the state of mind. So Holy Spirit, do what you can only do. Because if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. I need help. What stops us from getting it? Pride. When we mess up, how many of us have messed up? All of us. We get so prideful because we don't put ourselves in a certain position with people that we don't want them to know that we fail. See, when you humble yourself, you can go back to those very people and say, you know what? I was wrong. 
I was wrong for what I said. I was wrong for how I said it. I was wrong for how I approached the situation. That's not the way God would do things. I was wrong. And I guarantee you when you do that, you will feel a burden lift like never before because you're doing it from your heart. You allowing your heart to be healed. Pride will stop you from being healed, y'all. Because you have carried on making it about you so much that you weren't willing to see the hurt you was causing in everybody else's life. Some of us get to the point, I ain't done that. Okay, maybe you haven't done anything. But to reach that person at times you have to say, I don't know what I've done. But if I've done something, I don't feel like I have, I'm coming to you. And asking you, what have I done to you for our relationship to be the way it is? That's what the word tells us to do. If you would go outside the word, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm going back here. If I got a problem with illness. And I had this problem with illness and I've been praying about it. And it's been 20 years later. I still ain't went to illness about the problem I had with illness. Let's say Eunice come to me and she say something to me about somebody else that said something about her. And I still have a problem with Eunice, but I hadn't dealt with it. Whose side am I going to take? Even though they're doing Eunice wrong. I'm going to take their side and I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Because I hadn't dealt with the hurt I had with Eunice. This is what's happening in the body of Christ. You got to deal with the hurt you got with that person. Because it's going to come right back and knock on your door. And you got to know what to do with it and how to handle what God is telling you to do with it. Some of us are not handling that hurt. We're bearing that hurt and we're putting things in the place of that hurt. Like going out more, partying more, hanging with family more, buying things more. Getting new vehicles more because we want people to hear us, see us, and be attached to us. Nothing wrong with the vehicle we have, but we want people to tell us, nice car. The car get old after a week. You get tired of driving it after a week. That's hurt. Anything that you, you replace hurt with other things. People replace hurt with another man and another woman. Y'all didn't know? When they're hurt, another woman or another man, you feel like they treat me better than you. And you're saying, what else can they do that I'm not doing? They can't even tell you. Because they're going off of childhood hurt. They're going off of all that hurt that they haven't dealt with. And they're putting it on you like it's your fault. Until we get healed in the body of Christ, we cannot do what God has commissioned us to do. Y'all, God had to work with me for a long time before I got behind this pulpit. I was a not a talker. Teresa and Renee, no, they went to school with me. I was not a talker. I just looked at people. Hey, sometimes I wouldn't even speak. But when the Holy Ghost got a hold of me, I talked. Why? Because I'm doing it for him. It's not about me. And I went through some of the same things I'm telling you guys today. 
Sometimes we feel so sorry for people we don't see what's behind what that person is going through. Whether it's children, whether it's husband, whether it's wife, whether it's anything. I'm going to say dogs too. I'm going to say dogs too. You got a little dog in your house causing trouble. You don't see him causing trouble just because he's little. You beat that dog and that dog right there is the corporate right there. That little thing getting rejected because you don't see him over there causing the trouble. Now you slapping the other one around making him feel not needed or wanted. Then the very one you protecting is the very one that bites your tail. True that, Jennifer? Dogs got sense. They do. But when the Holy Spirit tell you, it's that one right there. I want you to watch him when he think you ain't watching him. That's why we got the Holy Spirit. Just like children. Sometimes we can put one ahead of the other and not even realize it. By some things that we say. We make them feel like they they can't add up to the other one. This is why we have to watch our children and see where they are. We cannot make our children grown before their time. We cannot have our children doing something that we as adults should do. We cannot think that our children should do this because your mom and daddy made you do it at an early age. You got to change that. You don't get your children to do stuff just because your parents told you to do it. That don't mean it's right. That's why you need Jesus to show you how to raise your children the right way. You cannot raise your children to keep their mouth shut all the time. You have to let them to know what is right and how to handle what is right. You cannot tell your children if somebody hits you, punch them, knock them down. No, if somebody hits you, do what the school say. Go to somebody in authority. Because that child getting locked up with the other one. And then they're going to have a name just like the other one. Because they're going to remember what you say. You better not come back here and tell me you got whooped. You better whoop their tail and whoop it good. Didn't y'all hear the shooter that was in the school and the mom and dad knew and wouldn't do nothing about it? Sending them taxes? Telling them, acting like it was nothing? Y'all wounded people. Kids are wounded. They need to be healed. And some of us parents is the ones that have wounded them. And thinking that we've done the best for them. A child cannot stay in a house full of anger and you expecting them not to be angry. A child cannot stay in a house when they see you with another man and they know you cheating on their daddy. Or you cheating on the daddy, cheating on the mom. Shh, don't say nothing. How do you think that child is coping with all that? They can't. They're thinking that's normal. No. The child is going through wounds. The child is going through things because y'all don't want to deal with your mess. No. Church, it's time to be healed. And God said he is Jehovah Rapha. He is your healer. I am the God that healeth thee. That's why Jesus said the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He have anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He have sent me to heal the brokenhearted. 
People hearts that are broken into pieces that have been shattered. Why do you think Jesus was on the cross, y'all? He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And the chastisement of his peace was upon us. And by his stripes we were healed. Why? Because he took it all. So who wouldn't go to a man who went through it all? He's the only one that can heal you where you broken. Quit waiting on the husband to heal you when they can't heal themselves. Quit waiting on the wife to heal you when they can't heal themselves. Quit waiting on the children to take up the slack of the mother and of the father. Some of y'all are dependent on your children because you ain't getting the love from each other. So you bind your children to be on your side. You do it God's way. Honey, you love your daddy. Honey, you love your mother outside of what they do. They know not what they're doing. You forgive them for the way they're treating me. Forgive them because they know not what they do. That is what Jesus done. Forgive them, Father. Some people say, they do know what they're doing. Yeah, they do. That's an evil spirit. But then when they come to themselves, what's the first thing some of them do? Baby, I shouldn't have said that. But some of them has gotten so far gone that you got to turn them over to Satan and let them go through torment. It's in the Bible. You quit praying for them. You take their hands off of them and let them. That's what happened to Saul. Saul wouldn't listen, so God allowed the evil spirit because God knew when you are disobedient, you open the door to evil. When you know what's good and you don't speak on good, evil will come to your house. So it's time to be healed. The last scripture, Psalms 103.3, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who heal all thy diseases. Who does that? God. Did it say your husband? Did it say your wife? But he can use both of them and your children if they're operating through the Holy Spirit. That's why we have the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Because God used man for him. He'll tell man what to do and what to say. Because it's him operating through them. So this is why. We have to go to God first and foremost. Because there's some hurt in this room. It's some people that have gone through things in their past where they're still hurt over parents. Where they're still hurt over a marriage. Where they're still hurt over co-workers. You hold in rejection. You hold in insecurity. You hold in anger. You hold in pride. All of these things are there. You hold in jealousy. And you coming out against people that haven't done nothing to you. And another thing is church hurt. When people have been hurt in church and they leave one church and go to another, they put up walls and then they be looking for the same hurt in that church. So God can't even heal them with where they are now. So it's time for the wounded soldiers in the body of Christ to be healed. And if you're not working in these areas, you cannot go out and be effective the way God wants you to be effective for him. Because as soon as somebody tells you about a broken marriage they're in, flesh going to operate. Kill them good in the name of Jesus. Because you, see, you're hurting. That's why you got to say, God, 
Heal me right where I hurt. And I'm here to tell you, healing is in this room today. Jesus went around doing good, healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. How did he do it? God anointed him. He consecrated him with the Holy Spirit to go around healing all those that are oppressed. That means those that are harassed of the enemy. So I'm telling you today, if you have anything in your heart against someone, it's been 20 years ago. I don't care how long ago it is. If it was just last night, you need to go to that person. And you need to let that person know you hurt me. You may not have known you hurt me, but I was hurt by what you said. I was hurt by what you did. That's how you close that door. That's how that wound gets healed. But let me tell you something, a bruise. Have y'all noticed when you get a bruise, the bruise have to heal from inside out, not outside in. Because when you hit that bruise again, guess what? Inside ain't healed yet. That bruise show up very bright, doesn't it? So God want to heal you from inside out, not outside in. So it's time for healing to take place in the body of Christ. He sent his word. He did. And he said, I will heal you. I will deliver you from any wound that you have in this place today. You just have to say, God, I want to be healed. I want to let go of what they have done to me. Because if I went on. What I done, if you went on what I done, I wouldn't be here. All of us in this room have hurt somebody, but it's what you do with that hurt. And sometimes we can be so religious. I'm say this. Some people are so religious and giving out so much word, but are missing the hurt that's right before you. There was a, another man. He ministers. This man was in front of this same man that experienced hurt at a young age and God healed his hurt. He was given a testimony on how God um, helped him get through his hurt and he giving God glory. But his wife was just bent all over, just crying. And he just kept talking about, you know, God had me to go through this so he can, you know, mend my hurt. And the preacher looked at him and he said, you make me sick. He said, huh? He said, your wife is over here hurting because you had an affair on her. And you yet to tell her, forgive me for what I done. And you in here testifying and telling people God wanted you to go through what you went through so you can be healed. But this woman is still hurt. That's not God. Some people are testifying and saying how good God has been, but you still haven't went to that person and told that person, you hurt me. Or that person haven't come to you and say, I'm so sorry. Because people know when they hurt you. People know when they hurt you. They know when they have said something to hurt you because they want you to feel bad. They know. We all know when we're saying something to hurt somebody, to get somebody's attention. We know, y'all. I know. But when we say it, we have to go make corrections and say, what I said was not right. So forgive me for what I said. That was not right. That's how you close the door to the enemy. We got doors wide open right now. And it's time for those doors to be closed. And the only one can help you close them is God. So let God heal you right where you hurt. And I'm going to speak right now. With the help of the Holy Spirit, while you sit in right where you are, that the Holy Spirit show you the hurt 
And while he's showing you the hurt, you're saying, Lord, heal me right now. I don't want to go into another year being wounded. I want to fulfill the plan and the purpose that you have for my life. Just be honest. I am hurt, but you're the only one that can help me, Athea.